12 years old, and we're opening gifts, and uh, you know, it's a little light that year, you know what I mean? And uh, of course, you're 12, you want more and more and more, and so just a little light, and I thought, well, apparently we've hit hard times as a family, so I appreciated, we always got a big grapefruit at the end of our stocking, so I appreciated the grapefruit and everything, but I, you know, I just kind of thought, we should, you know... I'm missing the big one. Where's the big one, right? So my dad said, hey, hey, did you hear something outside? Here I am at 12 years old. He walks me outside, and there is this beautiful red go-kart. Five horsepower, went about 35 miles an hour, which should not be in the hands of a 12-year-old. But, <laughs> but man, I tell you what, I love that thing. We know it had the pull start. Y'all remember pull starts? Nobody has them anymore, but you know, and I used to pull that thing, we had a takeoff, and uh, about three days after I got it, I was out in the woods with it, and uh, I started it up, and it was belt-driven, and that belt caught, and here I am, nobody in the driver's seat, that thing takes off as fast as it could go, just nails a tree, just destroys the front end, Merry Christmas, and so, but for the moment... <clears throat> For the moment, I was so happy. So that was my favorite Christmas gift ever. What makes a great gift? Well, for me, it always is about not how much somebody spends, but how much thought goes into the gift. Is that, is that true for people here? It's how much thought goes into the gift. It's, you know, if, you, every, if every year somebody stuffs $10 in an envelope, here, Merry Christmas, you say, thank you, I appreciate that. But, you know, there's no thought that went into that. The great gifts, the ones that you remember, the gifts that you think, hey, this is, this is it. Now, there's nothing wrong with money. <laughs> Some of you are like, no, I'd like $10. I'd like that more than a lot of things that I get. But, but the great gifts are the ones that were thought out. They were planned. Somebody strategized. Took time and effort and energy. There was a lot of thought behind it. And you say to somebody, Oh, thank you, that was so thoughtful, right? Those are the great gifts. That's the gift that you give a spouse or a kid. Those are the ones that you, you, you can't wait for them to open so you can see the look on their face, right? Because you put so much thought into it. So as we begin this series called The Gift, we have to begin with the understanding that God thinks about us, and he's always thinking about us. Can I read from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11? Of course, it's a very famous portion of Scripture, and many of you know it. It says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah says this, this is a prophetic word, this is coming from God. This is God's voice, God speaking, and he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Now I want you to know, I know what they are, but now I want you to know the thoughts that I think towards you. I've got good thoughts about you. Now we read that sometimes and we, we have to understand God doesn't think like we think. Because sometimes we'll think about something, but then that thought goes away. How many of you ever walked into a room thinking you needed something in that room, 
But once you get in the room, you say to yourself, why am I even here? What am I doing in this room? Does anybody do that? Anybody over 40? If you haven't done it yet, you will. It'll happen. Welcome to old age. And so you walk into a room and you go, why am I even here? I, I don't remember what I... The thought came, but just as soon as it came, it also went. Because that's how we work as humans. Thoughts come and thoughts go. God doesn't work that way. God's thoughts are different. That's why the Bible says God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. He thinks on a whole different plane than we think. In 1982, there was a song that came out that went straight to number one on the Billboard country charts. Straight to number one. It had been released before. It was sung by Elvis Presley. But then it was re-released in 1982 went straight to number one on the country chart, and hit number five on the billboard chart. It was sung by a guy named Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson sung this song, and this actually won, listen to this, this actually won three Grammys, this song. Now, I want to read to you some of the lyrics from this love song. Okay, it's a love song. Ready? Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. And maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. <laughs> Little things I should have said or done, I just never took the time. Come on, somebody, sing it with me. <laughs> but you were always on my mind. You gotta, if you're going to sing Willie, you've got to close the nostril. But you were always on my mind. That's how Willie sang. That's a love song. I didn't love you like I should have, and I didn't do anything I could have. But man, you were always on my mind. <laughs> Woo! How romantic. Right? Didn't do anything you could have or should have, but you thought about me. Hey, that's all that matters. That's how we act. God thinks differently than we do. In fact, listen to this. In the New Living Translation of the same verse, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says this. In the New Living Translation, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you. Not the thoughts. It doesn't say thoughts. It says that word thoughts is translated plans. The amplified version of that same verse says this. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have towards you. If you go into the Hebrew uh, uh, of that word, which, which Jeremiah was written in Hebrew originally, that original word is translated plot, it's translated scheme, it's translated work, it's translated plans, it's translated all sorts of different words. But what it really means is this. When God has a thought, he also has a plan. God never has a thought where he doesn't also have a corresponding action. Did you hear me now? I said God never has a thought where he doesn't also have a corresponding action. So God doesn't just think about you. His thoughts are always translated into plans. God never has one thought for your life, for your future, for your family, for your finances, that he doesn't also have a plan for your family, future, 
and finances. Amen? So when we say God is thinking about us, when we say that God has us on his mind, oh no, he always does what he says he's going to do. He always does even what he thinks about. God always fulfills his plans. And the good news is this. Man, if God has thoughts, God has plans, they're always to give. The will of God for our life is always about giving. God always wants to give to you. Do you hear me? He always wants to give. The plan, the purpose of God is always about God giving to you. Even when he says stop it, even when he says don't live that way, even when he says cut it out, even when he says walk in holiness, it's always because he has something better for you that he wants to give you. Amen? So God's always about giving. His plan's always about, hey, he wants something for you. He has something for you. He has thoughts. He has a plan. So the first gift I want to talk about today, we're going to talk about three, the three greatest gifts you'll ever been given. The first one is this, the Word of God. It is this book right here. It is contained in the pages of this, the Bible. It is God's infallible Word. It is God's gift to us. When I grew up, I told you I grew up in church, and at 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I, I, I really wasn't sure. The only thing I knew is I wanted to be a street preacher. That was it. I wanted to be a street preacher. I didn't know if they got paid, didn't get paid. You know, you don't think about bills sometimes, you know. Hey, how am I going to pay for anything? It didn't matter. I wanted to be a street preacher, so I said, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. And I was, you know, all of five foot eight, 120 pounds. So maybe that wasn't the best career choice. I'd be squashed. But that's what I wanted to do with my life. And so, now, hey, listen. I have friends that that's what they do full-time. It's a great career choice, but that's not what God had for me full-time. But I didn't find a verse in the Bible that ever said, thou shalt not be a street preacher, thou shalt be a pastor. I, I looked. It wasn't in there. I couldn't find that particular verse. But what I did find is the more I read this book, the more I dove into the pages of the Bible, the more I began to read the Word of God, the more God would orchestrate my life, the more He would direct my path, the more He would begin to, 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 begin to let my decisions line up with His will, until one day God spoke to me through somebody else and said, hey, you're going to pastor a church. God confirmed it by the Holy Spirit, and God opened doors for me to walk in what is eventually now, I believe, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for my life. How did you do it? I only was able to do it because of this book. The will of God for your life is found in these pages. Amen? It is in the Word of God. This is God's gift to you. God knew that one day you were going to have to make tough decisions. Some of you are facing some tough ones right now. What do I do with my life? Your nine to five, your career choices, you, you, what you do, the, the work that you do isn't satisfying you. It's not fulfilling you. You're wondering, hey, should I, should I make a career change? Should, some of you are wondering about relationships. Should I marry this person? Should I not marry this person? 
hey, should we move, should we not move? I mean, you're facing some major decisions, and you're saying, God, what do I do? And you'll say, well, I don't see any of that in there. The Bible doesn't say anybody's name, who I'm supposed to marry, what job I'm supposed to take, what career path I should take. It's not there. But you'll find that the more you get in this book, you'll find that there is wisdom in this book. And the wisdom that you find in the Word of God will help you make the right decision for every choice that you face in life. Listen, God knew that you were going to face big choices. God knew that you needed wisdom. God knew that you were going to have some difficult days. So he gave you this book to bring you peace and comfort, to give you instruction, amen, to tell you how to live, how not to live. Should we, should, we, should we go down on that path? The Bible says, hey, no, maybe we shouldn't. You see? This is God's gift to you. Some of you say, well, I, I wish it could just be easier. Can't you just, can, Pastor, can't you just bring in another prophet and he'll prophesy over my life, he'll tell me exactly what I should do? I mean, you know, we, we can bring in prophets. I, I, I love getting prophetic words. I mean, I got no problem with them. I go into a meeting with as a prophet. Hey, I sit up tall. I got no problem with that. I kind of stick my head out too. I mean, you know, I mean, I want, pray for me. I could use some, a little more. So there's nothing wrong with that. I love those services. And we've got, you know, we had, we had on October 6th, we had P- Pastor Tony Foster come. Listen, Sunday night was packed out. Why? Because y'all wanted to hear a word for your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And he's coming back. The end of January for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. He's going to close out our final service of prayer and fasting. And, and so that's good. That's great. But listen, you can have 20 prophecies, 50 prophecies, 100 prophecies over your life. You can have a prophetic word that, that, that says in detail everything you should do. If you never dive into this book, if you never open up this book, if you don't read it, if you don't get into it and let it get into you, you will never fulfill the plan of God for your life. I don't care how detailed the prophecy is over your life. We are not led by prophecies. We're led by this book. Amen? Because every prophetic word that comes, and here's the reason why I say that, every prophetic word that comes has to line up with the pages of this book. Amen? So listen, this is God's gift to us. We need to, we need to study it. We need to hear it. We need to say, okay, God, I want you to speak to my heart. Psalms 119, verse 30 says this, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. And then one of my favorite verses is, is Psalm 119, 105. It says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It literally is. It is a lamp unto my feet. How do I know what's the next step? How do I know where the next step is? How do I know if I'm on the right path? God's word is a lamp that lights the path that we walk on. The psalmist said here, he said, I have chosen the way of truth. The way of truth. When Pilate began to question Jesus about who he is, right before Jesus was crucified, in John chapter 18, I want to just read a portion of it to you. Here's the interchange that took place between Jesus and Pilate. Pilate said this, he said in chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? 
And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness, what? To the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, listen to this. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Now, I don't know how long Pilate waited after saying that, asking that question. I don't know how long he waited before he turned and walked away. The Bible doesn't say exactly how long. The Bible just says that he looked at Jesus and he asked him what could be considered one of the great questions of all time. What is truth? How do I know what the truth is? How do I distinguish the truth from a lie? How do I know really what is true? And he's looking at Jesus, and he asks Jesus, what is truth? And maybe it was 10 seconds, maybe it was 30 seconds. But before Jesus could answer, because Jesus had no problem answering questions, he answered the first one. Before Jesus could ever answer, he turned and he walked away with ever, without ever discovering the answer to what is truth. Because he had in front of him the man who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He had truth, the source of it, the author of all truth. He had Jesus himself standing in front of him. And yet he walked away without finding the answer. And many Christians struggle with what is the plan of God for my life and what is the purpose of God for my life and, and how do I know what choice to make and how do I know who to marry, who not to marry? How do I know this? And they want the answers for that. They want the truth. Give me the truth. I want the truth. I want the true answers to these questions. Yet there's a Bible on a shelf or in a room or in a car somewhere that never gets opened and literally, they walk away from the source of all truth. This book right here is infallible, absolute truth. And in it, you'll find the answer to the questions of your life. Listen, Jesus knew all about you. Before you were ever born, he, he knew everything that you would face. That's why we're so staunch about being pro-life because the Bible says God knew you before you were born. Listen now. He knew you before you were born. And he gave you an incredible gift in the word of God. What, what better gift can you give somebody than to say, here, here's a manual for life. Here's the answers to the questions you're facing. Here, here, you just read it. You just read it. You just open it up because there's wisdom in here. There's instruction. There's guidance. Amen? How many of you just believe that we should once again rekindle our love for the Word of God and say, listen, I know we're coming to the end of a year. It's 2016. It's pretty much over. We got Christmas and all that Christmas entails. But as we come to the end of this year and the beginning of a new year, maybe we should once again focus our attention to 
opening this book and saying, God, speak to me through the pages of your word. Would you do this this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is truth? I'm here to tell you this is truth. This book is truth. It really is. It's got all the answers to all the questions. Maybe not the details that you're looking for, but I've just found in my own life that when I am faithful to the Word of God, God just seems to lead and guide me to make right decisions and right choices. And I've found there's times in my life where the opposite is true. There have been times in my life when I've neglected the Word of God. There's been times in my life when I have just said, you know what, I'd rather, I'd rather watch ESPN, I'd rather get on the news, I'd rather jump on anything besides scriptures. Maybe I'd rather sleep another 30 minutes. But in those days, I found those are dark days in my life, those are confusing days in my life. I make poor choices. My mind is scrambled. I don't know what to do. Why? Because I have neglected this gift, this incredible gift that God's given us in the Word of God.